Hey there, you're listening to the How To School for Health Coaches. I'm Julia Sarver, and I created this podcast for health coaches who know they want more. Listen, I've been where you are, excited about building something special, but not sure how to actually make it happen. That's what this podcast is all about, showing you the step-by-step process for launching and growing your thriving coaching practice. It's time to tap into your potential. Let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the How To School for Health Coaches. I'm Julia Sarver, and I have been running online coaching businesses for the last 14 years. So if you're joining me today, you're going to be learning my tips, tricks, and strategies for being more successful in your health coaching or wellness business. So today I want to talk specifically about three ideas for increasing engagement in your Facebook group. Now you've probably heard that Facebook groups can be a great way to grow your audience and warm up potential clients. And it's true, Facebook groups can work really well. But what I find is that for most people, they start a Facebook group, they have a lot of energy and excitement about it when they first get started, and then they find that they're not getting the results they thought they would. So that's what today's episode is all about. We're going to talk about what you need to do in your Facebook group to increase engagement and have quality potential clients joining. Okay, so let's talk about what you can do with your Facebook group to have more success, to get more of the right people, and to have more success when you're trying to move your Facebook audience into your paid programs. So idea number one is that I want you to set yourself up for success before you even start your Facebook group. Now, the way to do this is to take the time to think about your Facebook group name. Now, I don't want you to just think about a name, come up with something that sounds really clever to you and slap it on a group and put that group out there. That's what a lot of people do and that's where a lot of people fail. The reason the name of your Facebook group is so important is because it's the very first thing people will see when they come across your group. The name is incredibly important and should tell people who the group is for and what they will get out of the group. Now, the mistake that I see so many people making is that they choose a clever name, something that they think is tricky or smart or, oh, this is so perfect because I look clever when I name it this way. But actually what happens is that people are just confused. So names that are very successful tell you who the group is for and what is happening in the group. So let me give you a couple of examples. There is a group on Facebook called Peloton Law Moms. Now, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I love Peloton, that I have a Peloton bike in my house, that I use the app all the time. But the Peloton Law Moms, I don't even have to look at the description to know, is this for me or is it not for me? So the first identifier is Peloton. You either have to have the bike, the tread, the row machine, or be using the app to join the group, right? Because it's a group for people who use Peloton. It's also a group for lawyers. So if you are using your Peloton and you're a lawyer, great, you've met two of the marks for being able to join the group. But the third identifier is moms. 
So this is only for people who use a Peloton, who practice law, and who are moms. So you can see that it is super, super tightly niched. There is a very specific type of person who can go into that group. And that's a good thing because you want people who have some things in common. You want people who can go and feel like, oh, this is my community, I belong here. And the more tightly you niche it, the more clear you are in your name, the more success you're going to have with that. So another one that works really well that I used to be a part of, was called Portland Area Working Moms. So the first identifier, you have to be based in Portland, Oregon in this case, or in the general vicinity. The second identifier, you needed to have a job. You needed to be a working mom. And the third identifier, mom. So it could also be Portland Area Working Parents. Depending on whatever it is you want in your group, you really wanna think about, am I communicating who this is for. So I created a group uh, that was kind of similar to the Portland area working moms. It was called Portland Area Health Coaches. And I ran that group for about a decade. And I got to meet a lot of health coaches that way. We used to host these live in-person events. We would get together fairly regularly. Sometimes we did brunches. Sometimes we did happy hours. But the Portland Area Health Coaches a group that also was a very clear name. You knew if you were that or if you were not that. And I want to tell you about a client of mine, Sarah Finns. She created a group called Healthy Meals, Healthy Families. So take a guess, who might that be for? That was a group, of course, primarily for moms who are looking to cook healthier meals for their families. Now, Sarah ended up starting that group and she thought, okay, we'll see what happens. I don't know if anyone's going to come. Well, that was a name that it turned out that a lot of people were searching. What would happen is that people would search healthy meals for families. And of course, the group would pop up because that's exactly what they talked about. So she grew very rapidly to thousands of people who are in her group, who are active and who are looking specifically for those healthy meal ideas. So it is something that I really want you to think about. You want to take some time before you start your group. Don't just open a group and think, OK, I have to go find people. Start first by identifying who am I looking for? What is important to them? How do they identify themselves? And what kinds of things do they need to see in the title that will have them saying, yes, this group is absolutely for me, or nah, that group is really not for me. And you want it to be that clear. You want people to see your group and know, totally not for me, because that means that the right people can see it and say, yes, that is for me. I want to borrow from the great Brene Brown who always says that clear beats clever and clear is kind. Don't try to overcomplicate your group name. Simple and clear is always better, especially if you want to be finding the right type of client for your group. Okay, the second idea for increasing engagement in your Facebook group is to run a goal-specific challenge. Now, this works really well when you have an established group, you have a 
decent sized number of people in your group and you're finding that the engagement just isn't great. I have found that running a challenge makes a huge difference in getting people to interact with you and also in getting people to learn from you. And that's what we want to be doing, right? We want to be using this space to share with people our knowledge, to show that things can change for them, to show that their lives can shift when they work with us. But in order for that to happen, they have to actually see the group and they have to actually be active in the group. Now, the Facebook algorithm has been known to either suppress groups or to not show them as much as we want them to. And I have found that running a specific challenge, a goal-specific challenge, can make a huge difference in getting the viewership up of my group. So this is something that I do every year in my free Facebook group, the Confident Health Coach Community, and it gets so much traction. I run the Do Less Better Challenge every January in that group, and it's an opportunity for my community to make real progress toward creating a meaningful task list for the year that is focused on doing things that actually make an impact in their business and is less about just creating a monster to-do list, which we all know just tends to overwhelm us. So with the Do Less Better Challenge, I go live every day from Monday through Friday and I give one specific tip and one specific task that I'm asking people to do. And I also ask people to comment and share what they've done to share the results of their homework because that helps increase engagement. The other thing I do that makes a big difference is that I raffle off a handful of private coaching sessions with me. I think last year we actually ended up doing 10 private coaching sessions with me because so many people were engaged that I really felt like I needed to offer enough to give people the incentive to stay engaged. But that was a really effective tool and people showed up, they kept giving me their responses, they were doing their homework. And then what happened was people were starting to see, oh my gosh, this is making a difference in how I think about my work. This is making a difference in how I look at my to-do list. And it's making a difference in the action I'm taking. And so it was really effective for them because they could see how building a better to-do list could make a big difference in their business. And it was effective for me because people were doing the things I was suggesting, which meant that they got to experience what it was like to work with me. And they got to see that I actually had some valuable information to share. So think about your Facebook group and think about what type of a specific challenge could be valuable for your clients. What kind of thing could you do for five days and you want to make it simple. You want to make it be something that they can do in 10 minutes or less because otherwise they're going to come back day after day and just not have done it. And that's totally the opposite of what we want to achieve. But you want to think about what is something that I can help people do. Maybe it's five days of no sugar. And so on the first day, you challenge them to not have sugar in the afternoon. The next day, you challenge them to try to make a sweet treat for themselves. The third day, you challenge them to get outside and go for a walk instead of having a sweet treat. All sorts of things you can try, but you want it to be focused on giving people an experience of what it would be like to work with you and also giving people and also giving people the experience of getting a result. Now, the third idea for increasing engagement in your Facebook group is a little bit of a more involved one, and I'm going to explain it so you'll know what I mean. 
But the third idea is to create a community to make it so that people actually want to spend time in your Facebook group. Now, I know that seems obvious. Of course, we want people to spend time in our Facebook group, but we actually have to curate that experience. You know how when you go shopping, there are some grocery stores that feel really good. Generally, to me, natural food stores like Whole Foods or in the Pacific Northwest where I live, there's one called New Seasons. I enjoy shopping there a lot more than I enjoy shopping at sort of the big name corporate grocery store. And the reason for that is that they have curated an experience for me. They make it so that I want to spend time there. So my question for you is, are you doing that for your Facebook communities? So there are a couple of ways to do this that are pretty simple, but they're pretty important. And it's something that I think a lot of people let slide. So first of all, you want to make sure you are responding to people in a timely manner. So if someone asks a question and it sits unanswered for weeks or even just days, that really doesn't show the community that you're there to support them. Instead, you want to be sure to be checking the group on a regular basis and provide replies and support. And let me give you a pro tip. Don't just rely on Facebook notifications to tell you when someone has commented or posted. I have found that those can be really inconsistent. So you actually want to make sure that you're going into your group and scrolling through the group, I think at least once every business day, to make sure that you're responding to people. Another way to create community and to make it so that people want to be in that community with you is to be consistent. If you say you're going to go live once a week, then go live once a week. Create events in the group that will remind people that you're going live. If people show up live with you, say, hey, it's so good to see you when you see their name come through. If you promise that every Friday you're going to share an article, share that article. Whatever it is, you want to make sure that you're showing up consistently. And I found that it can be really helpful to try to pick a couple of themes throughout the week to make your life a little bit easier. So for me, I post a question every Friday in my free group, the Confident Health Coach Community, that has really not that much to do with business, but just gives people a chance to answer and gives us a chance to get to know each other. So I recommend doing something like that as well. But no matter what it is that you're doing, be consistent. Now, the third piece of creating a community goes right along with what I just said. You want to make it easy for people to participate. So I see coaches posting complex ideas or information about nutrition, and it can be tough for people to answer if they have to think too much. It can also be tough for people to answer if they feel like they have to change too much to get the result that you're talking about. Consider how people are using social media. Most people use it as a way to get a break from their day-to-day -day responsibilities. So ask yourself, does your group feel like a way to get a break or does it feel like another responsibility? So in my free group, I go live once a week and I talk about some specific tip or strategy I want people to try for the week. It's a really short live. It's only about 10 minutes and it gives one specific thing. So I try not to overwhelm people. 
I also share this podcast into the group each week. As you know, my podcast episodes are not long. I try to pack them with information, but I don't expect you to spend 45 minutes to an hour listening to me go on and on about business advice. If I can't give it to you in 15 minutes, it's just too much to be giving to you at once. So I really try to keep it in these bite-sized, easy-to-consume pieces. And then, like I just said, on Fridays... I post these questions that tend to be silly, and I try to keep them very, very easy to answer. So the question might be something like, are you a coffee or tea person? And then people can respond with a one word answer, coffee, tea. That's all they have to do. They don't have to think about it. It's something that's already part of their day. I've asked also, are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning, night, morning, night. These easy questions make it so that anyone can participate in the group, and even people who maybe feel like they can't contribute in another way can get engaged in this way. So anytime you can make it so that it's easy for people in your community to engage with you and to engage with other members of the community, well, in my opinion, that is always a good thing. And that is it for my three ideas for getting your Facebook group to have better engagement. So let's revisit them quickly. So the first idea was to set yourself up for success before you even start by making sure you choose a name that reflects who the group is for and what they're doing in the group. The second idea was to run a goal-specific challenge that lets people get involved with you and lets them get some kind of a result. This is a good thing because they get to see what it's like to work with you. And like I just said, they get some kind of a result. If we can get something out of the groups we're in, that's always a positive. And then the third was to create a community so that people actually want to spend some time in your group. And I gave you a couple of ideas for how to do that. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I hope that you're able to implement some of these ideas right away. And I would love to hear what you think over in my free Facebook group. It's called the Confident Health Coach Community. You can search that or you can go to theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash insider. I would really love to see you there. I also wanted to just ask if you had a minute to leave a review for this podcast. It's so helpful for me to see what's valuable to you. It also helps other health coaches find this podcast. So when you do that, I always appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed, liked, or followed the podcast yet, please do that. You will choose to subscribe, like, or follow depending on which podcast player you're using, but that will make it so that... You never miss an episode. You'll always get notified when there's a new one. So thank you again for joining me. I so appreciate your time and I look forward to being back with you again next week.